welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stort. Yo, 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 and welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. My name is Darren Stott. I am your host. Today is episode 0002. Um, that's right. This is our this is our second episode, which makes this show um, incredibly awesome. And and uh, and it's also cool just to know that we are making history together. So for for those of you who um, were a part of the first episode with Jonathan Welton, and now you're you're tuning into the second episode, um, you 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 are a part of history uh, in the making. Isn't that awesome? I think I think that's awesome. I think you're awesome. And uh, welcome. So uh, this is going to be a, uh, a fun show today. Um, but uh, before we get into the show, a couple of things. First of all, um, we recently launched our website, isupernaturalist.com. So uh, go on your Google machine and check that out. Um, uh, that's pretty cool. Also, we do have our fan page up on Facebook. And this is a big deal because if you go onto our Facebook page and hit like, what that will do is that will really keep you connected real time in all the amazing stuff that's being posted on the website and on the blog and on the podcast. So I think that would be um, a, a good priority for you today. If, if, if you're a goal person, perhaps you write that down in your list of goals for the day and you just add, I am going to like the Supernaturalist Ministries Facebook page. And if you need help finding it, of course, go to the website, isupernaturalist.com, or I think you could probably even do a search for Supernaturalist Ministries. So anyways, that's pretty cool. So all this is, you know, it's it's happening. It's That sounded kind of scary when I said that. It's happening. It sounds kind of like a horror movie. Okay, here we go. So, um, also, I am excited to announce that I've been getting emails from various supernaturalists uh, that have uh, an interest to start hosting meetup groups. And apparently, there's this website called Meetup. I think that's the name of it. And um, and so it looks like we're going to be having a meetup group, and that's going to be launching up in the NPS North Puget Sound, probably in the Bothell Kirkland area. Um, if you are listening to this and you want to host a meetup group, um, send us off an email at isupernaturalist at gmail.com and we can get you information on that. Uh, we can get, uh, uh, I don't even know how that's all working, but we got uh, a gal that's going to be kind of overseeing that, so that's pretty cool. Um, also, <laughs> um, on the platform of isupernaturalist.com, on the platform, you'll notice that um, the amazing John Hammer has a spoken word video up on there. The platform is essentially the part of the website where we're going to be featuring emerging supernaturals from all over the place. And that supernaturals, what I like about that term is when you think of a, of a revivalist, oftentimes you think of just a preacher. Hopefully, when you think of the term supernaturalist, you think of chefs, you think of poets, you think of filmmakers, you think of preachers, perhaps you think of doctors, really anyone who's a part of the kingdom of God, who has, um, who had, who is into the whole partnering with God to do the things of God, um, that would make you a supernatural. So anyways, the platform on, on the website is where we're, where we're featuring these emerging cutting edge supernaturals from all over the world. So John is on there right now, but we also are going to be featuring, this is really cool. He is a, um, he's a, 
I guess a rap rock kind of heavy metal artist that's in that's in a um, a, a Christian metal band and they're and they're huge um, over in India. So they're from India, they're in India, and they're doing just amazing stuff for the kingdom. So we're doing kind of a um, a little short film. It'll be under ten minutes. It's kind of a a documentary, if you will, on this supernaturalist Jevin, and um, and that's going to be very cool. So be looking for that um, and uh, that'll be coming soon. Um, also, uh, you're gonna start noticing that these podcasts are coming out um, far more often because we're starting to line up our future guests. So make sure that you go and you subscribe uh, on iTunes um, for this podcast. Also, there's a way to do it on, on your Droid if you're a Droid user. Um, the links are also on our website for that. So here we go. There's just a lot going on. It's very cool. It's fun, and uh, and, I, and I hope you're as excited as I am about this. Today's show, we have a special guest, and um, she is joining us from London. Her name is Tina Southgate, and she is a life coach. And Tina has two bases. She has one base in London where she's going to be joining us today. Uh, her second base is actually in Redding, California, over at the uh, the Bethel Church over there. So um, I found out about Tina because she did a, um, a, a workshop for the uh, students there um, as part of the School of Supernatural Ministry, and it was basically kind of a, uh, a life coaching kind of workshop, and this is how to take you know your prophetic words and implement them and start to see the, the call of God on your life actually begin to manifest and that kind of stuff. So Tina's really into like taking the supernatural and then making it practical and then walking these things out in our lives, and I, I think that is a very special special gift and and hopefully a gift that we start seeing more and more of within the kingdom of God. So when I heard about Tina, I thought, man, that would be so cool to be able to have her join us on the show and be able to ask her some questions. Um, the, the title of our show today is How to Steward Prophetic Words and Promises. So we're going to have Tina kind of speak into that. Um, also, look at the show notes because you'll find links to her website. Her website is smartstepcoaching.com. Go on there. There's a lot of cool resources. Um, shoot her off an email, say hello, tell her how much you appreciated her being on the show. Um, so anyways, we're gonna, we're gonna jump right in uh, uh, into my interview with Tina Southgate from Smart Step Coaching. Here we go. Well, hello, Tina. Hi, Darren. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's my pleasure. And, <laughs> and now you are in London right now. I am. And, uh, and London is kind of a base for you. And uh, you also have a base in uh, Redding, California. That's right. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So now, uh, Tina, you would, you would uh, call yourself kind of a, uh, a life coach. Is that the term that you would use? Yes, um, I call myself a life coach and a business coach as well. I help well, businesses and organizations as well. Or how about like a supernaturalist life coach? <laughs> I'm definitely that, yes. There definitely. we go, there we go. Um, we'll, we'll send you new business cards that say that. Um, compliments of the show. Um, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> hey, quick question for you. So what inspired you to, uh, to become a life coach? Well, Darren, it's, um, it was, I think I used to be in business and I was like a, a marketing director for technology companies. I had quite an established career in that, which I'd been doing for years and years. 
and it was it was kind of around the time when I was about in my mid thirties, um, about six years ago, when I'd always believed that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, even though it was a career and it was a job. It, it wasn't really fulfilling me, and there was something that didn't feel right about it. And I think for many, many years I knew that, but I didn't really know what it was that I was supposed to do. And I think it's the same for many people. You're doing something, it's comfortable, you get paid well, you know, it's all working and you're good at it. So kind of people say, well, it must be what you're meant to do, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite right. And I think the missing link for me was I wanted to help people and I wanted to, I was passionate about life not being wasted and living fully alive. And I used to see people who were living fully alive and doing what they were called to do and they were kind of like shining it's when you spot those people you it's really quite a pleasure to see them and they, they do they literally shine and as they're doing what they do you can't help but just know that they're doing what they're supposed to do so I knew I wasn't in that place and I saw others doing it it was kind of a dream I wanted to do a job where I would actually do the job even if I didn't get paid because I loved it so much so one particular year, um, it was just, um, I'd been dealing with some family, um, supporting my dad who was aging and, you know, dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff. And they had just relocated and I had a lot of, of you know, relief of responsibility, shall we say, in that season. And I decided to, in 2006 to just start praying every day and asking God to show me what it was I was supposed to do with my life. And it wasn't like, you know, I don't want to give the impression that I was spending hours in my prayer closet and fasting or anything like that. It was just every day I'm just going to bring this before the Lord and say, please, just show me. Um, and he did. He, within four months, it just came out of the blue. Um, a friend of mine was seeing a life coach, and I'd always been interested in psychology and things like that, but I'd never really studied it. And I just... My heart leapt when I heard that, and the homework that she had been given by a life coach, which she was calling me as a friend to help her with her homework. And I started to ask questions about it and explore it. And the more I found out about it, the more my heart leapt and it came alive. And I just knew this was some, there was something in this. So it kind of went from there, really, and I just kept praying. And by the end of that year, I was actually a long, long story, which, you know, I don't have to tell you now, sure. but I actually um, worked towards um, finally giving my notice in on my job and kind of transitioning through my training as a coach. That was in 2006. But in my role, I had already been developing people as a manager, but it's very, it was very different. I liked the developing of the people, but I didn't like having to develop them into a role you know, marketing technology. I, I just like, I felt like I wanted the freedom to develop people into whatever they were really called to do. So a lot of, a lot of what God taught me while I was a manager in business, I'm using now, but just in a more, shall we say, defined way, more towards the area of my calling, if you like. That's awesome. That's very cool. And it is interesting, isn't it, how oftentimes um, 
how God uses uh, the, the, the steps that we're making and uh, to get us to where we're going. I, I like I just think that it always seems like um, uh, that God loves to take us on these journeys. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and sometimes it involves, you know, a wilderness, <laughs> but very seldom do we find that we're just transported from A to Z, you know, and oftentimes it's like, uh, we're, we're trying to run as fast as we can, uh, into our destiny. We're trying to run uh, as fast as we can to get to where, uh, to where the land is flowing with milk and honey. And yet, um, God is taking us on this little journey. And oftentimes it's like, it's that journey that's really preparing us for our destiny. So I think it's just so cool that you, uh, uh, had all that experience in the marketplace, all that experience in marketing. And then the Lord said, okay, let, here we go. We're going a new direction. And, um, and I'm sure you can see how, how all of that experience that, that you went through is, was really um, preparation for where God was taking you. Yes, indeed. In fact, through a lot of the studying I've done on coaching, um, I, first of all, I went through secular training. And since then, I've been in California and I've done a lot of the Bethel training. Right, and, right. Uh, one of the things I learned, which was hugely um, redeeming to me and, and now to many people that I teach and coach, is I felt that the whole time that I'd been in you know, marketing for technology was a complete waste of time, you know, nothing to do with what I was really meant to do. And actually, there's this whole concept of outside preparation, you know, which many of us go through, um, which is where we're actually being prepared for our call outside the actual realm of our call. Wow. Um, and when you actually dig into it and start to coach people, and I, I, you know, I've gone through the coaching myself, it's astonishing to see how God, you know, how much of what you learned when you thought you weren't in the area that you were meant to be in, that God actually uses, you know, like really, really specific experiences that you have that when you start walking more into the, the you know, the area and the realm of the calling, God's uses and you think gosh if I hadn't have learned that I wouldn't have been able to do this you know and as you take the journey it all becomes clearer and clearer and you just see how God's hand just uses absolutely everything and I really believe that nothing is wasted in any season of our life he uses it all you know that's so for good his, for his glory and to to just for his glory and to help others you know yeah, no, that, that is that is so good, and I think that everything that we've been talking about uh, up to this point really um, uh, integrates so well with what we're going to be talking about today. Our our topic is how to steward prophetic words and promises, and I think that this is such a timely topic. This is a a topic that Tina uh, teaches on in different churches and in different settings in different schools, um, and it's and it's a it's something that needs to be talked about a whole lot more because it seems to be that there are a lot of people within the bride of Christ um, who have uh, trophy cases filled with amazing prophetic words but they got dust all over them and um, and and people they look upon these trophies and at one point in time these trophies used to spark excitement and passion and now people are looking at these prophetic words these trophies in their cases and and it's stirring up frustration and maybe even bitterness and confusion and so there's something about stewarding the prophetic and um, and allowing the prophetic to really empower you and to propel you forward. So that's where we're going today. This is going to be uh, an awesome time with Tina Southgate. And um, so we're going to jump right in. And so my first question for you, Tina, is what, is it, what does this mean 
to steward a prophetic word? Okay, Dan. Well, it's actually a lot of work to steward your prophetic words. And there's, I think the first thing I would say is you have to say yes. A prophetic, you have to say yes to God because getting a prophetic word is actually an offer. It's not, it's off, I mean, some prophetic words are going to happen whatever you, you know, whatever you say and whatever you do. But I think generally most of them are like an offer that he makes us and we have to actually say, yes, I accept the offer. Wow. Um, and that's, I think, first thing. Um, simple step, but it's important. And then I think a lot of people don't actually dissect their prophetic words to, to actually pull them to pieces and understand what it is they're actually being asked to do. So I actually have a movie clip that I play when I teach on this. It's the Mission Impossible um, sequence. <laughs> you know, when they come and they sort of tell him, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it? And um, that is exactly what prophetic words are. They're like missions given to us if we choose to accept them. So within them, there's all kinds of things like you've got, you've actually got mandates and assignments buried in your prophetic words. And you've got to be able to recognize what they are and actually start doing them. You so know, start actually, actually taking steps towards them. It sounds like what you're saying is, because for years there was a teaching that when you get a prophetic word, you shouldn't do anything with it. You should just uh, put it up somewhere, um, almost forget about it. And if it's the Lord, it's going to come to pass. And if it's not the Lord, it's it's it you, you know it's not going to come to pass. But it actually sounds like what you're saying, Tina, is that we have a responsibility that when we get a word from the Lord, that we have a re responsibility to respond to that word and uh, and either accept that as an offer or or reject it and um, and I think that's huge because it places it places responsibility on us and I don't think oftentimes that we take responsibility um, over these words that are given to us um, and so I I mean I think that what you're saying there is 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 huge um, as far as uh, as far as responding and uh, to that offer yes and if we are saying yes to the mission, you know, that we are given in these prophetic words, then it's not a passive thing at all. We actually have to start lining up our lives and aligning them towards the prophetic words. And, you know, I say to people that this actually affects your day-to-day -day decisions. Because when you actually say, okay, I choose to accept this prophetic word and believe that it's going to happen, now, don't get me wrong, some prophetic words are lifetime words and, you know, they're not going to come to pass for 20 years. But we can still do things today to, to prepare ourselves for the outcome of these prophetic words. So, for example, if you have a prophecy that you're going to have a huge ministry, you know, and you're going to fill stadiums and you're going to be, a, you know, an amazing speaker, then start learning how to teach and speak. Start gaining the skills. Start small. Start taking opportunities. Start developing your life messages. Start, you know, start in the ways that you can start today, which will then grow you and grow your skills and grow your character and grow everything that you need to grow in order to become and walk into the prophetic word when it's when you're ready and when it's God's timing. Wow. And so I think that's a great question for us to ask ourselves and perhaps even right now is um, uh, to 
let's go back and revisit those prophetic words that we've had over our life, especially the ones that, that stick out. When you think of prophetic words that have been spoken over you, what are the ones that really stick out? What are the ones that are easy to remember? Um, and, uh, and, and how did you respond to that word when it was given to you? Or have you actually ever responded to that? Have you ever accepted it as an offer? And have you taken responsibility for that word? And are you lining your life up uh, and your values up according to that word? Um, because if not, that could explain why, uh, why you're not seeing fulfillment come to that word. Yes, exactly. And within words, we have our sort of mandates and assignments that we um, can spot. But there's also other elements of words, like there's promises and blessings that are in the words. Um, some of the words are about our character and our identity, like how heaven sees us as opposed to how we, are, how we see ourselves. And, you know, some of them are directional. They actually give us direction as to what, where we should be going. Um, so, you know, they do contain a lot if you actually start breaking them down. And a great exercise to do is to actually put them all together into one folder um, or into one place and transcribe the ones that are, you know, that have been given to you on recordings and things and, and actually put them all in a booklet. I did this a couple of years ago and I read all my prophetic words in one go and I was astonished at the links and the themes between the prophetic words that have been in different places, from different people, different times. And they do all link together and they all give you clues to each other, you know, in the words. So it's important to really look at them, keep them before you and to read them really together and often. That's so good. Tina, let me ask you, what do you say to people who say, look, I've been waiting for years for all these prophetic words to come true. I have them transcribed. They're on my refrigerator. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know, I'm listening to the recordings over and over and over. You know, I got this prophetic word that Stacey Campbell gave to me in 1995, and I'm still waiting for it to come true. And these prophetic words, they never come true. You know, what do you what do you say uh, What do you say to to that person? Okay. Well, the first thing I would say is, great job you know, fantastic, that shows a lot of faith and a lot of vision to, you know, have them before you. But the second thing I would want to do is ask them questions about how, what, what opportunities have come up since they've had the prophetic word that would have helped them to take steps towards it. You know, what sort of actual practical life decisions have they made to step into it and towards it? Um, there's a wheel that I have called I call it the skills wheel that I created which which looks at vocational skills and non-vocational skills so within a word it, you might be told that you're pastoral but that doesn't mean that you necessarily are going to be a pastor right there's lots of formats of which that could take but what I would ask people is what have you actually how have you brought your words together and started actually looking at what skills you've got, what character you need to develop to actually take some decisions to move towards it. That is awesome. Um, oh, go yeah, on. I'm sorry. And, yeah. And the second thing that I think is really important for us to remember is seasons and timing. Like if we think about Abraham, he had a word, didn't he, that he was going to have a son. How long did he have to actually wait for that to actually happen. Mm. 
Um, and when you think of it, what about Joseph? He he was given a prophetic dream when he was, but you know, but a boy, but a teenager of what was going to happen. But how long was it before it actually happened? It was a lifetime, right? You know, and um, and Jesus. I mean, we often forget Jesus. I mean, he knew he was the Son of God, but how many years did he have to live? incognito if you like without wow. anybody knowing that when he wasn't doing the signs and the wonders and the miracles and all the things that he was he was able to do as the son of god he had to wait 30 years before his ministry was actually you know before it was the right time so i think a lot of us have you know the modern day consumerist approach to our lives and our prophetic words but actually some of these words for 20, 30, 40 years down the line, you know? Yeah. You know what's so funny about that is Time Magazine recently, did their cover story was on uh, the millennial generation, which I find myself a part of. It's kind of the, you know, the 20, 30-somethings. And um, I don't know if you saw the article, but it was it was hilarious because the author basically says that studies show that the, the millennials, the 20, 30-somethings, are, they are one of the mo most narcissistic generations <laughs> to ever have uh, walked the crest of this planet. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, and, and they, 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 were po they basically call our generation the me, me, me generation or generation now, we can have a hot pocket in two minutes, whereas our uh, grandparents, you know, if they wanted to make lunch, it took an hour, right? So uh, yes. we have our iPad, right? Our, um, uh, you know, everything's about I, me, I, me, and, and we want stuff yes. and we want it now. And uh, and I think that it's, it, that oftentimes uh, we can, um, especially maybe within our generation, if a prophetic word doesn't come true within three to five minutes, you know, we're ready to stone the person for being a false prophet, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you just declared it, then I need it to manifest right now or, um, or we're done. I'm not going to follow you on Twitter anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, some of the biggest words that we get over our life make no sense because they're so out of the box we're currently in. You know, that, that actually, you know, you could well falsely accuse someone of being a false prophet, but actually maybe it's something that's meant for years and years. You know, God's just planting the seed and preparing your heart for it, you know, just early on. And I think the thing about it is also, you know, how, I mean, I understand it's hard to think, in a way it's discouraging, isn't it, to think that a prophetic word could be for 20, 30, 40 years. But how do we actually deal with that you know emotionally how do we keep our faith high I mean Abraham he did you know kept it all those years and kept believing and I think the key is that we have to learn to enjoy the process as much as the outcome wow wow no, that's really good it also reminds me of something that um, Andy Stanley said about um, ab referring to the weight you know and um, and he said something along the lines of of the duration of the weight will determine uh, uh, the amount of impact that you're gonna make and um, and so you know as long as you're stewarding the weight and I think that's I think that's a huge part of stewarding the prophetic is um, what we're doing um, during you know through that process and I think that's that's what's so interesting about like you referred to uh, Joseph you know you referred to Jesus you referred to Abraham and and if you look at the journey if you look at the process it's it's huge isn't it as far as what like what we're doing today um, is really going to determine 
um, uh, uh, how quickly we come into this thing, and as well as um, the the quality of our ministry and the quality of of the of the fulfillment of the word. Exactly, we just have to learn to enjoy the ride. You know? It's like <laughs> right. you know, in a roller coaster, you you know, you enjoy the the getting there as much as you enjoy the end, don't you? Yeah, I don't. I don't really enjoy any part of a roller coaster. But <laughs> Actually, no, me neither. But um, for those that do, they'd understand that. That's right. That's that's right. I mean, the whole thing is nerve-wracking to me. It's just, you know, (laughs) an excuse to start hypertension medication or something. Oh, dear. No, I just just (laughs) get... Moving right along. Hey, so my next question is kind of along the same line, but I'm finding that there seem to be people within the the Bride of Christ and and maybe even people that are listening to this podcast, and they're they're wrestling with bitterness in their heart towards the gift of prophecy. Um, Maybe it's because they saw the gift misused or maybe yes. they felt uh, manipulated. But what can you say to our listeners who th- who are saying, I'm just done. I'm done with this gift of prophecy. Just give me tangibles. Just give me practicals. Um, uh, maybe people who are listening to, to this who whose hearts are sick because of hope deferred. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. Um, I think... I think first thing I'd say about hope deferred is there's so many ways of getting over that and I think but I think God can do it supernaturally and I think at the end of the day I mean I've been through a whole bunch of really difficult things in the last six years including losing my brother who was only 50 and he had some amazing prophetic words over his life which were never fulfilled and he actually passed away um, in 2010 and obviously I asked myself a lot of questions about this you know do obviously prophetic words don't always come true otherwise he would have his ones would have done you know but I would say that prophetic prophecy even for him he had some amazing prophetic words from some you know known prophets and they got him through the last nine months of his life as he was, he had colon cancer. And, um, they, prophecy is for edification and for encouragement. And I believe that God gives us words quite often because he knows that that's going to be a difficult thing for us to actually have to do the waiting for. And the word is actually there to encourage us and get us through. It's hope. The word itself is actually the hope. And I know particularly for my brother, that they, those words, he would read them when he was in his hospital bed and that got him through the whole time of being sick, you know, and, and eventually going to heaven. Wow. And I mean, there's a long story behind that and I, you know, I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is that the prophetic words did encourage him. And when I read the words again, you know, that in a sense, when people pass away, we believe it's the end, but it's not. It's actually just the beginning. And actually going to heaven is our ultimate destiny. And for many of us, we need to get more of an eternal perspective on things. Wow. Because when you actually think of eternity, you know, like forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and I normally hold my hands out, you know, wide and say, look, this is eternity. And then you imagine what our lifetimes are. They're like a speck. You know, the Bible says a twinkle of an eye. Then you get a perspective on 
any difficulties that you're going through here, any waiting that you're having to do here, is like a twinkle of an eye compared to eternity, you know? Just helps to give you perspective and ultimately we're all being prepared for our destiny which is to walk in heaven and to rule and reign with Christ. So everything we're doing on earth is all in preparation for that time. So it helps us to get more of a clearer perspective on what actually matters in the moment. Wow, yeah. That's powerful. That That's really, really good. And uh, th- there's something that, 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 that you said that, that just kind of sparked an, uh, a thought for me and that is oftentimes we think of of the gift of prophecy as as strictly just foretelling the future but um but the gift of prophecy a huge part of that gift that paul talks about is to encourage to edify uh to exhort and um and and really it's to give hope and i don't you know i think everybody right now is uh is looking for hope <laughs> you know yeah. and uh, and we're looking to um to oprah and and her book club to give us some hope we're looking to the president come on give us some hope you know we're looking to education give us hope for the future you know do a better job with our kids and everybody's blaming everybody for a lack of hope and then here we are the church of jesus christ like here we are uh, uh the church with jesus christ the hope of glory actually residing within us with this great glorious gospel the good news you know in us it, it, occupying us and um, and that when we speak out prophetically, we're actually releasing words of hope, words of comfort. Um, we're, we're actually releasing words that have the ability to bring healing. And so um, it just is. I think it's such a great reminder that when we think of the prophetic, we don't have to think of it as you know we're going to be foretelling somebody's future, even though the, the, God uses the prophetic in that way. But um, I, I think what you shared was. Uh, you know, very powerful, and then even the whole thing as far as eternity goes, and looking at um, at this lifetime, that this is really uh, just tr- like you said, training for reigning. And man, what what a great uh, word as far as um, renewing our mind and and thinking and dreaming about eternity and what that's going to look like, and how much fun it's going to be, and the adventures we're going to have, and the and the commissions that we're given during that time. You know, oftentimes when people think of eternity, they just think that we're going to be sitting up in the clouds playing harps for 10,000 years, you know, <laughs> 10,000 on top of 10,000 is going to, you know, be kind of weird. But um, we've all got work to do, haven't we, in, in heaven, and we'll all have roles to play. That's um, right. But, you know, I do, I, I lead people through encounters in my workshops. We do like guided, I do guided encounters, and sometimes I even say to them, okay, now just for fun, ask God what, you know what your job in heaven is going to be. Wow. You know, pe- people have had astounding um, revelations on that because I think the longer, see, I've got this view that the longer we can look ahead, so it's like driving. When you learn to drive, you you can't steer the car unless you lift your eyes off of the feet two feet in front of you to the horizon. <laughs> then right. you can steer the car. And I remember this from years ago when I learned to drive, going pretty fast. And you can steer your life better today if you've got a more longer-term view, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, and, and start thinking about heaven, start dreaming about it, start asking God about, you know, what kind of things you're going to be up to, because he's always talking and always ready to reveal things to you. Wow. No, that's really good. Now, uh, Tina, if, if just kind of uh, uh, summing up our, our time together, 
um, for people that say, I, I have these prophetic words and, um, and I want to go back and I want to begin stewarding these things. I want to be more intentional. Could you just maybe sum up for us maybe three things um, that we could do, uh, uh, you know, effective immediately, effective today? And I know you've already mentioned some of these things, but just to kind of conclude our time together, if you were to sum up just three things that we could begin doing to begin stewarding the prophetic words in our life, um, what, what would you say those three things could be? I think first thing would be gather them all together. Gather all, all the words you have, put them in one place, and actually give yourself some time to sit down and read through them all. Um, and start to look for links and trends and you know things that are repeated. Like when you've been prophesied a similar thing again and again, that's the Lord like shouting at you. That's something really important. So I'd say that's the first thing, is to gather them all together and look for links and trends. Um, I'd also say maybe second, go to someone you trust to look through them with you as well and tell you what they see and what their insight is on them. And thirdly, I would say pick them to pieces, you know, figure out what in there is telling you about your character, what are the promises and blessings, what's your mandates and assignments what's directional and figure out you know which dissect them and figure out what all of those bits are within them and start to seek the Lord for timing and think ask him ask him if these prophetic words already come true because sometimes they have and you haven't even realized and ask him are these my long-term lifetime ones or are these short-term ones about the current season so just dissect them and pull them to pieces and and figure it out what's going on you know with them and if they're not coming true and you really believe the season has come and gone like they're on been on your refrigerator and you don't think they're your 20 30 year words then ask the lord and ask maybe trusted people spiritual advisors why do you think this is not happening because they are going to be able to cover your blind spots and see whether there's maybe some character issues or you know other things that god is preparing in you but you know he's getting you ready for them because we often think we're ready but we're not you know people forget like Paul for example in Acts 3 he was commissioned in his ministry but it was apparently maybe 17 years um, sorry he was told about his ministry in about Acts 3 but it wasn't till Acts much further on in Acts that he was actually commissioned and sent off and that I believe was about 17 years in between that the Bible scholars believe it is so I think people will know around you that are more spiritually mature than you about the season and what God is doing in you and how to be prepared, you know, what, what can happen. So so I would say, you know, take advice and try to figure out what's going on. Awesome. Very, very helpful. Um, Tina, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if people want more information on you, on your ministry, if they would like to connect with you, what, what's the best way for people to get more information on what you're doing and perhaps uh, attend one of your seminars? How, how can people find you? Sure. If you go to my website, which is www.smartstepcoaching.com, you'll be able to see my itinerary and the different events going on. Um, I'm in North America and in London, so you can just see what's coming up in your area. Or, or you can actually contact me and um, if you want to book me or have me come along and do a workshop or a, an event at your place too. So 
So yeah, that would be great. Awesome, awesome. And we will put links to your website um, on our show notes. And so um, go onto the show notes. You'll see uh, links to Tina's uh, website and her, to her resources. Uh, she's got some great articles on her website. Um, also, uh, Tina does some amazing stuff with uh, with coaching within the marketplace, um, leadership coaching, leadership development. And so check that all out. It's uh, it's it's a great site. And Tina, you're amazing. And, and thank you so much for your time today. And just for your passion, uh, 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 your passion to equip the body of Christ, and and just to give people building blocks where they can begin practically practically walking out these prophetic words to get them closer to their destiny. So thank you for what you're doing. God bless you. Thank you, Darren. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it. That was uh, an awesome interview. I, I, I really enjoyed uh, interviewing Tina and just hearing her heart and and hearing just these nuggets that the Lord has uh, deposited in her. There, there's some real gold in that interview. And I would just encourage you to go back and even listen to it again. But I, I think that there's something about content that when, when, you, when you're exposed to amazing content that we would hold ourselves accountable for the implementation of that comment and so, content. So anyways, I would encourage for everyone listening to this where you felt like some some of the things that Tina was saying, uh, they really made sense. In fact, I'll go even one step further. Maybe maybe you felt like there were some things that the Lord was really speaking to you about in that interview. And I would just challenge you. In fact, I would, I would dare you to... Um, to set some goals for yourself and uh, and the things that the Lord was speaking to you about actually implement some of the things that you heard today. And that might be going back and digging out old prophetic words, maybe some of the things that even uh, that didn't even make a lot of sense at that time, going back and revisiting them because you f- might find that they might make sense now. And so it's time to open up that trophy case to blow off the dust off of some of those prophetic promises and it's really time to start stewarding um, some of these prophetic words that we've received over the years uh, because we have we have a part to play in this and that um, that, the, that the old teaching of when you receive a prophetic word just put it up on the shelf forget about it and if it's of God it'll come true um, I, I, I would just I would tend to um, close the book on that and I would say look if God's speaking to you if it's making sense if, if things are starting to come together if, if you if you're if you know if you're beginning to to align to align your values up and your goals up then you're going to find that these things are going to uh, manifest uh, way quicker than if you had just gone passive with the prophetic so i think that there was just some amazing stuff that tina shared today and i sure appreciate her and her heart don't forget to go onto her website um, read the articles that she's written read how you can go one step further in this before i let you go also, don't forget to go and like our Facebook page. That's going to keep you connected with all the, the updating content because we're posting stuff almost every day um, at, at, at our website, on the blog, on the podcast. So being connected through Facebook is going to really keep you connected with all this amazing content that's really coming in from, gosh, all over the place. So anyways, thank you so much for, for being a part of this, for believing in this, for, for all your emails of words of encouragement, for your phone calls, uh, for everything. You guys are amazing. Uh, to all the supernaturalists all over the world, goodbye, good night, God bless. <laughs>